Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, anxiety, emotion regulation. I'm continuing our journey with back to school success. I'm going to jump in today with test anxiety. It's so important to target because if we've got an anxious kiddo whose worries are getting too big, the brain can't focus. And then what essentially is happening, the brain sabotages kiddos from doing well on the test, even if they totally knew the material. Test anxiety makes it hard to organize our thoughts, to manage our time when we're doing our, our test, even just to get started on the test. We can just go blank, even though we might have known all of that. So many of the things that I am going to be talking about are common sense things that we likely already know, but they're good reminders to think about. And who knows, maybe there's some nuggets in there that you didn't actually know before. Um, and I will definitely be going through, I'm pretty sure, some ideas you might not even know about. Um, but I just want to make sure we're starting on the same page with what test anxiety is. So it's essentially this apprehension that, that a kiddo is feeling before, during, or even after a test, we don't often think about the after test, but that's just an important as important of a piece is what's happening after a test because of the worries about failing a test, but that can contribute to more test anxiety next time. So it's any of those apprehensive feelings and worries, either before, during and or after a test. We all experience some level of anxiety before a test or some sort of performance or, you know, uh, presentation that we do. I mean, 96% is about, you know, the percentage of students who've experienced test anxiety. So pretty much everyone, right? It'd be weird if we didn't have some test anxiety at some point in our life. Now, most of us know that a little bit of nervousness that can help us motivate us to perform our best, right? Because our body's revving up to give us the energy that we need to face the challenge, whatever that challenge is. But when we've got a kiddo who's got a lot of worries, and especially around failing and about how they're going to do, that anxiety starts to interfere, A, with the learning in the first place, but B, definitely interfering with their ability to, ability to show what they know during a test, right? And then they usually, when they're feeling anxious during the test, they usually do way worse when they've got that anxiety than what they could have done without all of that anxiety. Because that anxiety, um, you know, it, the adrenaline gives us our energy, but then cortisol is released as well. And that cortisol, that inhibits our memory and it can cut off the thinking brain. And so literally there's things happening in the brain that shuts off the brain, which is why it's so important that we're addressing this. And as always, as I say, anxieties, 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 anxiety, you've heard me say that once, you've heard me say it a million times. What we worry about doesn't really matter because anxiety is going to show up the same all the time, whether we're worried about tests or somebody laughing at me or um, uh, I can't think right now, petting a dog, right? So for our kiddos with test anxiety, they're experiencing the exact same physical symptoms when anxiety shows up about the test right? So butterflies in the tummy feeling like they are, they might have to throw up. They might feel sweaty or clammy. They might have headaches. Um, they might be short of breath. They might have to be running to the bathroom every two seconds, feeling lightheaded, dry mouth, rapid heartbeat, all of those types of things. I get test anxiety. And I remember before my candidacy exam, my parents flew in, they happened to be visiting around the same time. They took me for breakfast and uh, to a restaurant and I was in the bathroom the entire morning. Right. And my dad at one point is like, are you okay? But it's just this anxiety. It's just wreaking havoc in our system. And so when that anxiety sneaks in, it shows up and sneaks in, we see it behaviorally. So some kiddos might want to cry. 
Some might run away. Some might be sick for the day. Some might fight, right? They're turning to be really aggressive. And those aggressive behaviors can be really reinforcing and motivating because now they're sent to the principal's office or, right? Or now they're in trouble or whatever is going on for them. So that those behaviors start to become a problem too. And, and then we start often start seeing kids as a behavioral problem versus the anxiety. We miss that anxiety, for example. So that test anxiety, it can cause students to completely blank out during a test and make it really hard for them to focus on the test, like I talked about. So as a result, they can't think clearly, they can't show what they know, they're just not demonstrating their skills. And that's especially true for math. I, I Anxiety shuts down the math brain. So if there's any anxiety, we're not testing their math abilities anymore. But this is true, it can be true for really anything, but math is definitely affected. So with any anxiety, we can't just hope it goes away, right? Because it not only interferes with their performance on this test in front of them, we know that their academic performance isn't as strong. And even new learning, all of those new learning experiences are hindered. Studying time, it's ineffective because a lot of those kiddos, like I said, have a hard time learning information in the first place, but then remembering the information that they need to have for a test. And all of the emotional components that come with it as well self-esteem, right? A lot of our kids feel completely low. You know, their self-concept as a learner is totally low and they feel helpless and they just want to give up. And then they start refusing to go to school, right? So there's a lot of things that we need to consider. So what do we do now, right? If, if you know my anxiety compass, and if you've been following me, the process is still the same. We still want to teach about the nature of anxiety. We want to externalize that anxiety. We got to teach the skills to be able to recognize when anxiety is shown up, to be able to accept it and cope with it, to talk back to it, to self-coach, right? And all of those types of things are going to be really important and, and get into the test, even if anxiety is there, even if anxiety is throwing stuff at them, they know how to warm up their brain and get going on the test to their full capacity as much as possible. Now, if when I talk about all those things, I listed a bunch of things. I mean, definitely join me in my anxiety mastery training program. I'm not going to go through all of those steps. And I've, I've talked about them in, in previous episodes today, because I really want to focus on the strategies that are specific to test anxiety. We're always going to respond to anxiety the exact same way when it does show up, but there's things around the, the testing anxiety that we can work on. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the anxiety management piece, but then I really want to go into some of the practical concrete points of things can do separately to support their test taking skills. Um, so first, like I said, we want to externalize, right? That anxiety. So I talk about the hench men who are the henchmen that are getting way in the way of success, of test success specifically, who's trying to take over your brain, right? And, and make this just a big failure for you. These henchmen, they're rooted in fear. They're rooted in failure and that catastrophic thinking that this, te this test is the end all and be all. It's going to end my success as a human being. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm not going to graduate. I'm never going to get a job. I'm going to have to stay with mom and dad for the rest of my life or just be homeless, right? These henchmen want us to believe the worst case scenario from this one little test, even a test that's only worth like 5% of our grade, right? It is catastrophic. And we might not be thinking all of those thoughts, but that's the feeling. It is the end of the universe as we know it. And so as with any anxiety that shows up, we need to acknowledge those henchmen. So getting curious is really important. 
right? We know that's the antidote to feeling anxious here. Getting curious, which henchman is showing up right now? Hmm. Who is it? And even doing that, hmm, can be, can be calming for our nervous system. Who is the henchman and what's the conspiracy that they're trying to spin today to try to freak me out? How are they trying to affect me physiologically? What's happening in my body? So by doing this, by getting curious and trying to identify who, who the henchman is, what the stories are, how it's making me feel in my body, guess what? We're keeping our prefrontal cortex online. It helps us stay objective, and then we can use our strategies for anxiety ma um, uh, management. So we could be talking back. That's where the self-coaching is going to be coming in, the, the self-coping statements, um, any, any little rebuttals to those little henchmen who are trying to cut down our confidence, right? Because that's what they want. They want to cut us down. Our brains are built. You've heard me say this before to be anxious and depressed so that we'll just stay in bed under the covers because then we're safe. So it wants to cut down our confidence. Don't go to school. It's not worth it. You're just going to humiliate yourself. Stay in bed where it's safe right? So we can identify, I see your tricks. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to cut down my confidence. So thank you very much for trying to help me, but I want to do my best. I want to see what I can do. So there's obviously a lot of front loading that needs to be done. There's a lot of work and skill buildings that need to be done for those kiddos to be able to manage that anxiety when it shows up. Now, if there's a time when we're working with a client you know, um, over time, let's not, let's say you're not just working today for a test that's tomorrow, but let's say you've got some time. I do love bringing in visualization strategies with anxiety and testing situation is no exception. So over time, when I work with my anxious kiddos, I'm building in lots of various visualizations and with testing, testing specifically, I'm having them visualize themselves in the testing situation, right? With a little bit of nerve. So there's again, Lots of things that we go through to help them see themselves in that situation, start activating that amygdala. So they're starting to feel a little bit of that discomfort, but being able to, to ground themselves and stay focused and keep their prefrontal cortex online. That's what a lot of the training that I do with the visualization. And, and, and then I start pairing that, bringing in some uplifting, positive emotions to start building a more positive, adaptive association in the brain. That's where we need to get to. Now, if for some reason the, the kiddo isn't writing in a class with everybody else, then I want to make sure that they can see in their mind where it is they actually need to write the test. So if it's not in the classroom, let them see their space ahead of time so that we can use that location in our visualizations. That's going to be really important. Now, there's some practical, concrete skills to set kiddos up for success. Um, I'm going to go over a few of the basic lifestyle things to think about. Again, these are some of the common sense things making sure they've got enough sleep before a test. For sure, that's important. Good sleep hygiene is important because the brain's just not going to work properly if we're tired. And when we're tired, things like regulating our emotions, things like making our working memory support, they're all out the door, right? So we're not pulling all-nighters. We cannot do that. I'd rather that they study what they can and go to bed early. And if you're studying properly anyways, and I'm going to be talking about some study strategies next time, if they're studying properly anyway, they shouldn't be studying anything new the night before anyway. So if they're doing any studying at all, it should be a quick review. That's it. So definitely not pulling any uh, late nights or all nighters. 
but, but, but sleep is important always. And so it's not just about the night before we want to make sure that their sleep hygiene is healthy all the time, because that's going to be really important all the time for optimal brain functioning anyway. So that would be a number one priority that I'd be working on. Um, eating breakfast too is important and not just breakfast. The dinner before is going to be important. The breakfast certainly before is going to be really important. We don't want sugary carbs. You don't want a big bowl of cocoa puffs. That's not going to help our brain at all, or, or huge amounts of caffeine. That's not going to be helpful. Something with high fiber, healthy carbs, right? Those are going to be really important, but just like sleep, it's not just about the breakfast and dinner before, even when they, they eat a week before. So that week before a test that can make a difference in their brain performance. So again, we want to have healthy strategies and healthy, um, sort of diets to promote optimal brain functioning anyway. So something to think about, it's not just the night before hydration is definitely important because our body automatically sends out stress hormones and increases that cortisol if we're dehydrated. So if we're dehydrated, cortisol comes in, blocks our working memory. We are not going to do great. So water is important too. All healthy lifestyle things that we want to maintain regularly anyway. Um, we got to make sure their physical well-being is maintained. We know long-term benefits of exercise and physical activity helps tame that trigger happy amygdala. So we want to make sure that our kiddos are getting that hour of physical activity every day, one hour every day. So important. And that's going to boost their brain functioning. There's going to be blood flow to their brain. They're going to be able to focus better. All of those things are going to be really important. And so exercising before a test, I mean, again, we're maintaining a healthy lifestyle, but even right before a test can be really helpful because it's using up. If we are, if you think we're a little bit nervous, all that adrenaline's pumping up. Now we've got all of this energy and there's that cortisol that's going in, in, into the body as well. So we can use up some of that cortisol. We're going to increase the blood flow to the brain. Again, that's really important to access information from our brain. We're going to boost our alertness and right before the test. So not even just that morning, right before the test, it's, it's helpful to do some bouncing or shaking. I mean, that already, I always talk about how we can't change our anxiety, but that actually helps calm our nervous system. So just shaking on the spot, doing some jumping jacks that can help our nervous system down a little bit as well. Um, so I, I think that that's really important to think about just on a bigger scale, right? That are we doing these things to support their success? I'm always talking about optimizing brain functioning. So all of those pieces are going to be really important. We definitely don't want to add any more compounding variables if we can help it, right? So making sure they're not rushed in the morning. Being rushed is so anxiety provoking. So that's not going to be helpful because that's just reinforcing the anxiety, right? Now they're just shaking and anxious just from being rushed. So making sure they've got loads of time to get to the test is going to be really important. Um, and same thing too, with making sure they've got all the materials that they need. Um, I'm going to be lo looking into the long-term things that we need to work on to support kiddos um, when we're looking at the anxiety, as well as some of those immediate things, right? So there's a lot of skills to be addressed that I am going to be addressing as well. When we're looking at the long game, we want to create habits. That's an important lifestyle piece to consider as well. And the more students study and pre pre prepare for a test, the less anxious they're going to feel. Um, so that's going to be important. I'm not a huge fan of homework, especially for kiddos in elementary and middle school, junior high, but 
so I'm not focusing on that and making sure we're focusing on the content and what's getting done there. But I do encourage parents to instill healthy study habits, right? So this is an important time, especially by the time they hit teenage years to have these healthy habits. So maybe we're using that homework, even if they don't have assigned homework, we're taking five to 15 minutes to review notes to review what I've learned during the day. If kids can talk about it, that's going to really help them identify what they know. And I'm going to be talking about some of those strategies. Um, So to be solid with all of this, we definitely want to make sure kiddos have a consistent daily habit for being able to study and or complete assignments daily. And that's especially true for my high school students. They need to do regular homework anyways. Elementary, again, there's not a huge correlation between homework and academic outcomes, but setting up that time to talk about what they've learned, to engage in some sort of learning activity or review, that's a really important habit to get into because if it's so automatic now, it's going to be easier later. And when they get into that habit of preparing, that's going to be one less piece that they have to worry about. They're going to feel more confident going into it. So you know, making sure if we're setting up those habits now, they're going to have no problem studying a little bit every single day as they get into higher grades. Because most kids wait, oh, I've got a test tomorrow. I'm going to cram tonight. No, a little bit every day. When they get into that middle school, junior high school, again, we definitely by now want to make sure they've got great study strategies, good study habits, good organizational habits. All of that's going to be really important. Those Good habits, study habits, and consistency is going to make test writing so much easier. And if we're creating those habits young, it's going to make it way easier for them to know how to learn, to learn how to study, right, in advance, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It might not feel like a lot versus one cramming session, but it's actually going to stay in their brain, right? And so learning those skills so that they're not cramming at the last second. And so like I said already, the night before the test, It's not the time to cram. We are going to get very little information into our brain and certainly no information that's going to be held for more than tomorrow, right? So for a final exam. So maybe it's a final review, but it's never learning new things. It's not trying to study new material or remember material that's hard. That studying, it really needs to be spaced out beforehand. So uh, when I schedule things out, you know, and I'm looking at their study time, I have them cross off that day before the exam. So when we're doing any scheduling, there's just nothing that they're going to learn. It's just a review day. And we go through what is it that they're going to review that day. So then we're going to work. Okay. Let's say your exam's on the 20th. We're going to work backwards. So today is the fifth. So that gives us really 14 days because we're crossing off the one day before gives us 14 days that we know this is the amount of material. How are we going to spread that out over the 14 days? But look, you've got practice. There's some hockey practice. You're not going to be able to test those two days. So now, or or study those two days. So now you only have 12 days, right? So we're going to work backwards. And by being prepared, our students, they can really use some positive self-talk to keep them grounded in reality and not spiraling out of control into failure because they can remind themselves, look, I had these 12 full days. I studied every single thing. I know everything that I could possibly know that I could possibly remember right now, 
right? Or at least learned what I could to write the test. And these are the things that I learned. And this was the effort that I put into it. So we're focusing on that process and that effort versus the final score outcome. And that's what we're going to be reinforcing as well. But already that gives them one good positive coping statement when they actually can prepare. So that's why that's going to be really important. So with all students, we want to make sure that they've developed some really good study strategies, some good homework strategies, um, but then also skill building. What are some foundational skill building um, pieces that they need? So maybe it's study skills, test-taking strategies, organization, note-taking, prioritization, time management, all of those things are going to be really important. Do they know how to break things down into bite-sized pieces? Do they know then how to solve one manageable piece of that at a time? So this could be a skill that we're learning in assignments. Right. So so we're we're teaching that. How do you break this assignment down? Maybe it's a novel study. Maybe it's a science experiment. How do you break it down into manageable pieces and do one piece at a time? And now we're going to use that exact same framework of how we break the assignment down. We're going to put that into the test question as well. How do you break down a test question? Being able to break a question down into its component parts and knowing first, what is the question asking me? What kind of answer is it wanting? Right. What are the different options? What's the difference between option A and option B? Those are going to be really important. Again, I'm not going to get into all the skills right now. So being able to understand where is the breakdown for this student, right? That's going to be really important for you to identify what are those. And I'll keep, a, I'll um, have a resource of key skills to support effective test taking too that you can look at. And then you can maybe start identifying what does this kiddo need to work on so that we can build those skills. And if there's enough interest with you, the listener, reach out to me and, and I'll have an episode on effective study strategies. So definitely reach out to me, email me if you'd like to hear an episode on those specific skills and how to build those. I'm happy to do it. It's just too much for today. Um, but like I said, I will give you some of those ideas, just at least a list of things that you can look at, at least that's going to be really important. One important skill that I do want to mention that students really need to learn before they even start to study for a test is advocacy. I work with so many kids who are not good at asking for help or self-advocating for themselves, and especially my teenagers who need it the most. So being able to ask the teacher, hey, what do I need to focus on for studying? What do I need to know for the test? What format is the test? Is it going to be multiple choice, true or false, essay answers, short answers, anything that's going to be helpful for them to create a study plan, right? Is there a practice test that I could use? Are there previous tests that I can use? You know, those are all valuable because we're creating a little database of, of what we need to do. It's like a dress rehearsal before a big exam, right? Um, we need to have that dress rehearsal just before we go out onto the stage and do our big performance. Having that dress rehearsal can be really helpful, right? Um, when I had to do my test um, to, to become a psychologist, you have to do this qualifying test. Most of you will know, but if you don't, um, and I wrote a gazillion practice tests to create that association in my brain to say, oh yeah, we've already done this before. I've already done some of this test before. Oh yeah. I know these kinds of like double negative questions. So the brain, we're creating some of that familiarity, right? Which our brain likes, it wants familiarity. So it's no problem. I've got this. I can't stress the importance of those practice tests enough because it's that mini dress rehearsal that our brain needs to build that familiarity. 
uh, mindset, it's really important. And, and part of building the right mindset for studying, um, I, I like doing lots of different activities. One of the things that I like to do is create a probability scale. So what's the probability of passing? What's the probability of doing as well as I would hope to with no studying, right? How, what's the probability of me studying well, or sorry, doing well, if I do study and if I study a little bit over time, what's the probability of me doing well, if I cram the night before, right? So they are visually seeing, and I like doing those probability charts and scaling questions on paper so that they can see, you know, cramming the night before, I'm probably going to remember this much, or I even have visuals like this. And I'll be talking a little bit about this in study strategies, but if you cram, you know, you're only going to get a little bit in, but if you over time are learning, you're going to look at how much information you're going to be able to review and learn and know for the test. That's totally going to affect if you're only knowing this much versus this much, that's going to really affect your confidence, your ability to cope and, and use positive coping um, statements when you go into the test, right? Um, so what's the probability if you're reviewing notes every day, right? So from that visual, they can, that they're creating, they're teaching their brain. Oh yeah, it really is important. It's not like, a, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm supposed to study. It's a, oh wow, look at the difference here. Right. So then we can ask, well, what's your game plan? What do you want to do? Right. So now we're asking that open-ended question. It's meta questioning so that they can start thinking about their own thinking and their own study habits. Right. What do you need to do? And, and, and what supports do you need? How can I help? Creating that plan is going to be so important. It's not just hoping for the best. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just plan every day. No, we are creating a study plan. Like you are going to get a calendar like this and, and color code your, your uh, subjects, right? And this is everything that I need to study. And now I'm actually going to plan it. And so I know exactly today I'm going to read pages 22 to 33 in my science text. That's what I'm going to review, right? We're going to put it down piece by piece. So that's going to be important. So once they're putting in that consistent planning and effort, and then they know exactly, okay, here's my sticky. I know exactly what I'm going to be studying today. There is no, uh, I don't know where to start, right? So then they start creating that we can reinforce all the effort and the consistency that they're going to be putting into that test taking. That's going to maintain their motivation and engagement. So we always want to make sure that we're focusing on effort, the effort that they're putting into reviewing things and getting the work done. It's not about the grades. You can get on their back about their grades. If they're cramming the night before, don't do any studying. Actually, my little one this morning on her way to school, <gasps> Oh my gosh, as she's packing her backpack. Oh my gosh, I brought my study notes home and I totally forgot to study. I'm like, when's your test? Today. <gasps> oh. What's the chance you're going to do very good? I don't know, right? Well, now I can get on her back about the grades, right? Because she left it last minute. No, I, I wouldn't do that though. I would say, hey, kid, okay, so what can we do to start building these healthy habits, right? And 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 what can we do? So checking our backpack at the end of the day could be really helpful, right? So it's really important too, because oftentimes our anxious kiddos, they're, they're already thinking they're not going to do well. So they're lacking that self-efficacy. And if they're already thinking that they're not going to do well, they're shutting down that brain, 
right? And they're creating this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where they don't do well because they're worrying about doing well. They don't know where to get started. They're overwhelmed. They're not able to retain information. And so then they're not going to do well. And so that's why we really need to focus on the process and the effort and the consistency in organization so that they can self-coach themselves on the things that they did well to prepare. It's not about the outcomes as I know I did my best in studying and doing everything that I could, right? I did everything I could because then we're focusing on strategies to boost the confidence in themselves. We're not trying to talk to them. Oh, you're so smart. You're so good at math. You're going to do fantastic. No, that's not going to be helpful at all, right? We're focusing on building their confidence based on the prep work that they did before they took the test. And then anything that comes after is going to be way easier. And I do have really incredibly anxious kiddos who they've got severe avoidance behaviors, right? Where they maybe haven't written tests in a year or two years or three years or six years. Uh, they haven't been doing homework. So for these kiddos, my focus then is just building this positive, successful momentum for them, right? And so while a lot of my study strategies are usually focusing on the material kiddos don't know, for these kiddos who do have the severe avoidance, who aren't feeling successful, who haven't had, you know, been writing tests, I'm really focusing on studying things they do know because I'm looking at what's my goal here, right? For their, their goal is going to be very different from a kiddo who is wanting to learn this material now, this new material, right? It's going to be very different from a kiddo who wants to be successful on this test versus the kiddo who hasn't ever written a test in a long time. So for these uber anxious kiddos, just like our school avoiders, our job is to focus on them getting back into the test writing game, right? Whether it's back in the classroom, back into writing a test in the first place, being successful in the first place. And so I'm modifying tests so that they experience success and that confidence. So, hey, I could go into the testing situation and show what I know. Even if it's easier stuff, that's okay. So they're just studying things they're already confident in. So we're not, you know, making it so much harder. We're just building the skill of getting into a good study habit, right? And then when they're being tested on those things that they're confident with so that they can see that correlation, see it, it's helpful to study to then do well. And so we're starting to pair the brain. It's all about making those associations in the brain. I'm always talking about that. Their brain is going to be like, hey, look, I did know a big chunk of this. I knew a big chunk of this information. I knew, learned a few little things and I was able to go and get tested and show what I knew about this information. And for questions maybe I didn't know, I managed to get through them. And it's not about the test grades, right? It's not about the test or the grades or where they're at with everybody else. Right now for these kiddos, it's about building that momentum. We want to build that success because right now they're probably in a failure loop, failure loop, failure loop, and it's really hard to get out of them. So we want to get them into the success loop before we start building on focusing on this test that everybody else is writing on, right? Because a lot of these kiddos who are in that failure loop, they've experienced previous failures. And so all of our brains, it's, they're predispositioned, all of us, we're all predispositioned to negative negativity bias, where we have the strongest memory for the negative events in our lives, including failures and any big emotional reaction and everything that comes with that. We usually have a big feeling of disappointment or sadness or, or something or fear even when, when we fail something. 
So our memory stores onto that way better than any successfuls, uh, successes that we've had. Our brain was built for survival. And so any negative event, whether it's related to survival or not, it's going to hold on really tight, right? And if we already have an anxious student, that bias is even stronger. So that's true for everybody, but really true for our anxious kiddos. But then we can rewire the brain. Um, we, we don't have to be defined by our previous experiences, right? We could try to talk about it, though. You know, you, your previous failures isn't, you're not a failure, right? We can talk about it, but talking doesn't really make a, a big difference. We're never going to rewire the brain just by talking. So kiddos have to learn through experience that I can manage this and I can be successful. So that's why I want to build that momentum and give them those experiences of success because it's through those experiences, then they physiologically feel that success. Yes. Because the cognitive brain can't get to the emotional brain not the same way our physical body can, right? So we want to make sure we're focusing on that. So much to think about. I'm going to leave it there for today. There is more to talk about. I just don't want this running forever and ever. So I will talk about more of those concrete practical strategies next time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Go and help those kiddos be bold and courageous. And I'll see you next time.